Welcome to the Leo Roundtable Law Enforcement Talk Show. We're live from the Boss Hog Radio Studios in Plant City, Florida. My name is Chip DeBlanc, and I'm your host. We're a group of law enforcement professionals that talk about today's news and issues, but we do it from a law enforcement perspective. Let me introduce the crew. Guys, if you don't mind waiting for the video portion of our show, we have Lieutenant Bob Kroll all the way from Minneapolis. Thanks for being on the show. Also, Corporal David D. Grester from the Tampa Bay area in Florida. And a shout out to our sponsors, MotionDSP, AUFire.com. We have Gauls. Gunlearn.com, mymedicare.live. We're fueled by Bang Energy. Matter of fact, yes, I'm drinking the original sweet iced tea from Bang. Also, a shout out to Brian Burns with the free press at tampafp.com for carrying our content. And Ray Dietrich, redvoicemedia.com. We're streaming the eight locations right now. Three of those Facebook pages belong to uh, Red Voice Media, and they have about a million followers alone. So uh, we're not missing YouTube too much. So thanks to Ray Dietrich and Red Voice Media for helping make that happen. Guys, looks like we're going to be doing another Gulls $50 gift card giveaway. So we're going to be doing it at the bottom of the hour. So I've actually got the contest call-in line on the screen right now. So whether you're watching via stream or listen to us live on the Boss Hog Radio Network radio stations, um, you know, write that number down. That's area code 863-225-2000. I'll say it one more time, 863-225-2000. Don't call in yet. When we do our second commercial, that'll be at the bottom of the hour in about, what, 25, 20 minutes or so. Uh, it'll get producer Jimmy a time during the commercial break to answer the phone and take down your information so I can email that gift card to you uh, right after the show's over. So be uh, be watching for that. So, guys, uh, let's go ahead and get started. You know, we've got some great commentary coming up here, and uh, let's see what we got. The first story, it's a main topic. They have a tendency to be a little bit deeper on lawofficer.com. The story is titled, Judge Orders the State of New York to Pay a Whopping $444,000 to the NRA After the Supreme Court Victory. So that's that's almost, what, half a mil. So a judge in New York ordered the state to pay more than $447,000 in legal fees to the National Rifle Association after the gun rights group was victorious on a major case before the U.S. Supreme Court. Can't get any higher than that, folks. So let's see what happens. So when a case decided last summer, and we're aware of it, SCOTUS, Supreme Court of the United States, ruled that the New York public carry uh, licensing law was unconstitutional. You know, New York, they're famous for not allowing people to carry, right? And it affirmed the ability to carry a pistol in public, that it was a constitutional right guaranteed by the Second Amendment. That was reported by Fox News. So the NRA was a party in that case, New York State Rifle and Pistol Association versus Bruin. And last week, a New York judge ordered the state to reimburse the organization over $447,000 in legal fees. So the NRA regards, and here's their statement, the NRA regards the $447,000 award in the um, in that case as a pivotal victory, a symbol that justice is uh, definitively on our side, according to Michael Jean, the NRA's director of the Office of Litigation Council, and that's what he told Fox News Digital. It goes on to say, that um, the payout only scratches the surface and covers merely a third of the group's legal expenses, according to Gene. And uh, Justice Clarence Thomas is actually the guy that wrote the majority opinion. And he said that because the state of New York issues public carry licenses only when an applicant demonstrates a special need for self-defense, whatever that is, we conclude that the state's licensing uh, regime violates the Constitution. Wow, that's a, a pretty heavy hit. Um, commentary on that. What do you guys think? Any surprises with the uh, half a million dollar uh, payout to the NRA? Uh, New York, I'm sure, is not happy about it. David? Yeah, I doubt it. it but it makes you smile when when <laughs> this finally works its way through the court system and comes out the way that we all would expect that it should. Um, 
again, it's not going to stop. Um, every time that the Supreme Court uh, makes a ruling, uh, the gun lob, the gun hating lobbyist grabbers, whatever you want to call them, anti gun uh, people immediately start on a workaround. They immediately start another uh, scheme to uh, try to take your constitutional rights away from you. Uh, control is their, uh, is their, that's their, their goal is, is control, power and control, power and control. Um, and it won't stop until they're either really smacked by the Supreme Court or, or removed from office. So that's, that's your choices there. Yeah, well, I, 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 I agree. Uh, that's the thing is that these, these blue states are going to chip away wherever they can, even though, even though they know what the U.S. Constitution calls for. And, you know, God bless these groups that the, like the NRA that stand up to them and, and take this cause on because they just keep trying to chip away at the Constitution. And uh, we're lucky we have a, a wise Supreme Court in place to keep shooting them down. And, yeah, I think the awards need to be bigger and there needs to be some penalties. If this is truly a third of their cost, uh, they need to be brought, made whole, you know, so the the sanctions should be even higher and maybe that's what it takes. Or like, like David said, replace these people in office that make these silly decisions. Yeah. And, and, a, and a, another note too, for, for everybody that's out there that lit, unfortunately lives in these States or in these cities. Um, this is the reason why you should support financially uh, whatever organizations are closest to you that do this type of work. Because without them, and, and that's, if you think about it, a lot of the, the government position is just to bankrupt bankrupt you out of existence. So if you have if you don't have the financial means, and look at this, the NRA saying that this was a third of their legal costs, and they weren't the only ones that were involved in, in this fight legal, you know, on the legal front. So imagine the amount of money that it takes to fight a battle like this in court, all the way through the local courts up to the, the Court of Appeals, the District Court of Appeals, and then to the Supreme Court. That's a, an ungodly amount of money to do that. And for an individual, you know, an individual citizen, who, who, who's going to do that? So everybody out there that's, that lives in these places and the surrounding areas that are going to get, you know, the, they're going to get the blowback from it if any of this stuff ever sticks and stays, in, stays as law, um, support those organizations, whichever one you choose, whichever one is closest to you, whichever one does this work in your area. Support them financially so that they can continue to do that work because that's the only way that it's that they're going to keep these idiots at bay. That's the truth. So thanks, Dave. And uh, good point, actually. Uh, you know, Bob, last time I had you on the show, after the show was over, I thought, man, I never had him talk about their line. So don't let me forget the day a little bit later. I want you talking about the book that Liz Kroll, your wife, wrote and the movie coming up and, and, and also what we talked about before the show started. Uh, just a reminder to our guys, watch the show. This is a one-hour show, uh, 12 to 1 o'clock during the lunch hour on Eastern Time. And, you know, we're on nationally syndicated on 36 radio stations. We're on Roku, Amazon Fire TV as well. Uh, we're on about 20 podcast platforms and just literally a ton of social media outlets. But we're doing a, a, a free $50 Golf gift card giveaway. It's going to be a call-in contest. Uh, it'll be, um, I don't know what color we'll take today. What, Jimmy, what color do you want to take today at the uh, bottom? I'm going to go with number six. Number six. All right. So it'll be the bottom of the hour. It's a one-hour show. So halfway into our show. Uh, so we're really coming up in about 15 minutes. We're going to be doing that that uh, gift card giveaway. So I've actually got the number again for our streamers. The number's at the bottom of the screen. 
And you won't be calling in until we take our second commercial. That'll give producer Jimmy time to answer the phone and get that taken care of. But if you're listening to me and you want to write the number down so you have it in advance before we do the contest coming up in about 15 minutes, it's area code 863-225-2000. 863-225-2000. And uh, let's go to our next topic because we've still got three minutes before our first commercial break. Um, so we've got an update article at lawofficer.com. Police leaders say that legislative fix only way to resolve the SRO issue after uh, Morarity letter. And I know, Bob, I pronounced that name wrong. I know you'll correct me, but it's in uh, Bob Kroll's neck of the woods in Minnesota. So the Minnesota state's largest police association sent a letter to its members last week saying that a legislative fix, it's the only way to address concerns with this new law that impacts SRO, school resource officers. We've been talking about this, uh, but now we've got some conflicting information. It comes after the Hennepin County attorney, Mary Moriarty. Uh, she sent a letter Wednesday to the police chiefs in her county that reignited a confusion with this new law. So in summary, her position greatly differs from the attorney, attorney general who's over her, and that's Keith Ellison's office. Uh, it's his most re recent guidance. He reiterated that there are two different standards of force at play uh, for the law enforcement officers. One, I guess what he believes and what she thinks. And the Minnesota Police and Peace Officers Association, they're the guys that are weighing in on this. So basically, uh, it, the short of it is, is that the debate is over the new law, prohibits the use of prone restraint and other physical holds. Um, it has stretched on for weeks. And Attorney uh, General Ellison issued legal opinions August the 22nd and September the 20th to offer his interpretation of the law. And his his interpretation should matter, right? He concluded that the restrictions on force do not apply, do not, in cases where there's a threat of bodily harm or death or when SROs are carrying out their lawful duties, such as making an arrest or enforcing a court order. All right. But in comparison to that, uh, Morarity, uh, the Hennepin County uh, Police Chiefs, uh, said that she believes SROs can only use reasonable force when there is risk of bodily harm or death. Um I can keep reading the article, but we got a little over a minute. Bob, can you clear this up? Where's this thing headed to? Are we really going to have to have new legislation passed to fix this thing? Unfortunately, guys, there is no clearing this one up. Um, this is a mess created with the trifecta of Democrats in the Senate, House, and Governor's Chair. One of many, many bills that they rammed through without any thought or force, foresight into it. Um, and it, it basically establishes two levels of use of force. Those for street cops and more restrictive for SROs. So what the answer for law enforcement and the unions and chiefs and sheriffs were unified on this, many of them pulled their SROs off. Then the attorney general, who I don't trust as far as I could throw him, issued a letter. It's an opinion that is not going to hold up in court that says, oh, no, it's the same. And then Mary Moriarty conflicted that out. So um, I, I don't place any value in either of their letters. It's what the law states. And my recommendation is that the SROs just don't do it. All right. Well, thanks, Lieutenant. More on this, guys. Our first commercial break. It's not the contest time yet. Stick with us. We'll be right back. You know, Motion DSP, they've been supporting the law enforcement profession for over 15 years for the robust suite of video and audio redaction and enhancement software. Now, Motion DSP software, it's easy to use, requires no specialized training or expertise, and you can save valuable time with Spotlight's one-click automating tracking feature and forensic suite of enhancement filters to achieve results quickly in just three steps, import, process, and export. Now, Spotlight is built specifically for redaction, designed to work with video from any camera source, and using Motion DSP's algorithms and object tracking technology, it automates the process of blurring faces and other identifiable information, and it saves users countless hours compared to manual frame-by-frame -frame redaction. And forensic enhancement software 
That allows users to quickly process and analyze any video file format using patented super-resolution algorithms and enhancement filters to reveal an unseen level of detail. And you can actually get forensically valid evidence from just low-quality video in minutes instead of hours. So you can learn more about all these products and all these capabilities by simply going to motiondsp.com. Again, that's motiondsp.com. So that brings us to aufire.com. Guys, uh, AUFIRE stands for Accuracy Under Fire. It's at aufire.com. Now, agencies can prepare their LEOs for the mental challenges associated with being wounded on duty, forcing them to adapt, problem-solve, refocus, and overcome to effectively neutralize the threat. AUFIRE.com has the only option to safely prepare LEOs for the instant, intense, random, and distracting immobilization of a body part associated with a debilitating wound. Go to aufire.com. Don't wait. aufire.com today. All right, guys. Welcome back to the Leo Roundtable Law Enforcement Talk Show live from the Boss Hog Radio Studios in Plant City, Florida. You know, we have not done the contest yet, but we're getting ready to. I've got a, a, a segment timer behind me. We've got seven minutes and 22 seconds before we do that Gauls gift card giveaway, the $50 Gauls gift card giveaway. The number that you will call in about seven minutes and 15 seconds will be Area code 863-225-2000. I've got it in the ticker on the screen for our streamers and people watching or listening to the show on radio. That's the number you want to call the contest call online. So you're going to wait exactly seven minutes before you do that. Um, so that said, you know, the story we're talking about in Minnesota, you know, uh, Bob, they're talking about, you know, being the test case. Um, you know, I mean, and you don't want to be that guy, you know, that, that does it and they jam you up. And I guess that's why the SROs are pulling the plug and stuff, because, you know, between the attorney general and uh, and the prosecutor, you know, I mean, you know, what are your what are your options? You know, who wants to be that test guy? Right. And and both of them have a proven track record. Let's not forget Attorney General Keith Ellison has was for a long most of his career, a, a gangbanger defense attorney that was for some reason elected in Hennepin, or in, elected in the state of Minnesota as the AG, and he prosecuted the officers involved in George Floyd uh, proudly. And then Mary Moriarty was the chief Hennepin County public defender, later elected Hennepin County attorney. And her job is she's going to review every use of, she sees her job as review every use of force case police use and see where she can charge the officers. So that's what they're up against. And that's why they're unified and pulling them out. The two attorneys there have proven they've got conflicting opinions on this. Well, the officers, when your job's on the line, your freedom's on the line, you're not going to go with an attorney's opinions. You're going to go with what's written in the state statutes. And, right. and that's a mess. It's got to be. They've either got to hold a special session or keep them out until they get back in session and straighten this disaster out. Yeah, which is until next year. David? Correct. Yeah, I think I think that's the, the most important thing that, that was in all this was to remove the SROs from the schools as an agency head or leader uh, immediately. And if you haven't done it, do it now, um, especially after the second letter that came out from from the, the other idiot on parade. So it's either that, and if you are an SRO um, and your agency still has those positions in that line of fire, you've got to get yourself out, uh, you know, change your, get a transfer, get out of there, do not, do not take those types of chances. Like like the guy said, you, you don't want to be that test case. We've seen how that goes, especially with Ellison and now this other moron. So good luck with that. If you're in it, get out. If you're an agency, get your people out of there, out, out of harm's way, because that's all it is, is a, it's just exactly what they described. Yeah, the writing. We can see the writing on the wall. All right, so there's a, there's a good story coming up in reference to this for that, for that lone SRO that doesn't get out in time. 
so moving along here, guys, we've got a couple stories for some video components. It's hard to find a good news story of the day that does not. So for our radio and podcast listeners, we'll describe in great detail what's going on so you guys don't feel like you're missing out on anything. Plus, this live show will be posted on our Rumble channel tomorrow morning at 9 o'clock Eastern time. And producer Will will embed all the videos that we talk about, put pictures of the good guys and the bad guys. It makes for a pretty uh, neat way to watch the show. So you have that option as well. So at Rumble.com, our favorite law enforcement video channel, which is called This Is Butter, who's currently on the stream talking with us as well. Body cam captures dramatic shootout with a man accused of slaughtering his family before he vanishes. Shots fired at the residence. Shots fired. Shots fired! Five nine five, return fire, upper window. And dramatic is right. Let me tell you, I I, I watched this thing. It's about it's almost fifteen minutes. Um, I've got timestamps on this thing. Uh, in the show notes, but one of Wisconsin's most wanted fugitives is a skilled marksman who allegedly killed two family members, shot at police, torched his father's farm, and then he vanished. So Kevin Anderson has been on the run since June the 16th of 2020. So yeah, that's over three years when a deputy from Jefferson County Sheriff's Office responded to a burglary call. Um, a rapid succession of, of uh, gunshots rang out as the deputy ducks behind a police SUV. Uh, the officer runs from behind the SUV takes cover while there's another series of bursts that can be heard in the background. The 15-minute body cam footage obtained by Fox News Digital, it documents their harrowing exchange of bullets in the otherwise quiet, tiny farm town of Sumner, Wisconsin. Um, and, and it looks like a, like a farm community when you look at the aerial of it. The deputy fired four rounds at the window while retreating down the driveway into a ditch. So at least, even though he left cover when he, when he, when he, when he started taking on the shots, at least he had the wherewithal to pay attention to where the shots were coming from. He was able to direct, you know, dispatch and, and uh, responding deputies to at least to that danger. Less than two minutes into the video, the deputy appears to be crawling on the ground or crouched low in the grass in a ditch area. When he tells dispatch, he found Jim uh, Lamke and Nendra Lemke's bodies. And uh, they were Anderson's brother-in-law and sister who he's accused of killing. They reported the burglary, which prompted law enforcement response. Uh, Kevin Anderson's accused of burning his father's form after he died and left it uh, to his sister in his will. Um, so after his dad died and uh, left it to his sister, wow, um, there's little family drama going on there. Gunshots continue to blast um, in the background. Anderson allegedly fired at least uh, 12 shots of police. At this point, only grass and brief flashes of the police officer's handgun are seen on the body cam as he crawls his way back to his patrol car. And yeah, he's in a ditch and grass and field and uh, not much of a barrier uh, between him and the bad guy. Uh, the Wisconsin Department of Justice found evidence that multiple shots were fired into deputy uh, the deputy's vehicle, uh, mostly on the driver's side. Uh, within minutes of the backup arriving at the scene, dark smoke and visible flames um, engulfed the two-story home. The body cam footage ends with the deputy getting into the passenger seat of another uh, deputy's car that comes by to pick him up on the side of the road. 
and uh, and they drive away from and there's the burning building. Of course, it's been lit on fire by the suspect, presumably. And uh, there's a, just a lot of smoke in the air. It looks like they have drone footage, you know, covering the last of this before the video goes dark. But um, that's what we have. Uh, curious what you guys think about the video, the breakdown of it, and uh, um, what you picked up that that the rest of us did not. Yeah, look at the look right. at the the standoff between Lieutenant Bob and Corporal David. Yeah, there you go. You know, it, I, in, in, after watching the video, I think just and, and Dave, and David, here. I know, I know you're talking, but the contest is starting in less than a minute, so I'm going to put the call number on the right. screen. I'll let you go ahead and talk. Go ahead. Why, why don't you just do the contest now and save us all the save, save us that uh, second inter interruption, and then we'll, we'll make this story on the on the return. We How can't about that? do the contest until we do the commercial no, break. That's why, David. So yeah, okay. talk. Great. Um, so yeah, as the video starts, the officer's making his way back to his making his way back to the vehicle. I believe what happened was that he arrived on scene, got out of his vehicle, found the bodies, realized there was something really bad going on there, and then started to try to get back to his vehicle when the first shots started ringing out from the house at him, uh, where he initially took right. cover behind his vehicle. So hold that thought, guys. Uh, call in 863-225-2000, 863-225-2000 for the $50 gold skip card. Good luck, guys. All right, guys, you know Gauls, right? And I'm sure you guys have been watching the show for any amount of time. You're familiar with Gauls at Gauls.com slash Leo, the country's leading uniform clothing equipment and gear provider for law enforcement. Now, they have a variety of offerings, everything from multi-tools and flashlights to duty boots and tactical gear. And as our panelist, Captain Brett Bartlett, always says, they pretty much have everything for law enforcement except for guns and ammo. So if you haven't been to, let's just say, the new Gauls, go to Gauls.com slash Leo. Corporal David, I know you're a huge Gauls fan. I don't know if there's any inventory left on the at Gauls because I know you're probably on their order right now, but do you know what's going on at Gauls this week or today? Um, Yeah, still the, those... Uh... Those uh, briefcases, those organizer briefcases that that were on sale are fantastic. Um, along with the uh, the flashlights, the stream lights are still on sale, um, and uh, and a couple of other things that I saw in the deal destination. So definitely go there and look. All right, David knows his stuff, guys. So galls.com slash Leo. Don't wait, do it now, and keep calling until we get a winner. All right, guys, welcome back to the Leo Roundtable Law Enforcement Talk Show. Yes, yeah, still live from the Bostock Radio Studios in Plant City, Florida. So we have a winner. I don't know if the winner heard us on the radio or on stream, but if you are on the stream, type us a message. We want to talk to you. So congratulations on the winner. So I'm, uh, I said it was Nancy from Columbia, South Carolina. Uh, but uh, I want to hear from that. So is it Nancy? It's either Nancy or it's Denise. It's Denise. Denise or, yes. De or Danelle? Denise. Denise. All right. So we'll anyhow talk to us on the stream, whatever your first name is. So, uh, but anyhow, guys, uh, thanks for uh, coming back to us. Thanks for entering the contest. David, I know that we were talking about that uh, last use of force, the last video. What do we got? Yeah, the, from what I saw in the video, it appeared that what had actually occurred is, like I said, he had, he had arrived on scene to this call of a burglary or some sort of disturbance at this, at this very rural uh, farm. Um, and I think he had found the bodies uh, outside the house and was, he was, he was running back to his uh, patrol unit with his gun in his hand um, and trying to get his radio out and into operation. Um, as soon as he got back to his unit, he, he took cover behind it. You could, I could see from the shadow on the ground that he was looking up at the house as he was running toward it. Um, so he was looking around trying to figure out where the, where a threat may come, may be coming from. 
which was good. He gets to his vehicle. He gets behind it. He gets the vehicle between him and the house and starts to try to transmit on the radio and a couple of shots ring out. Obviously, the guy, the bad guy was in the house shooting at him from that location. He ducked down behind the car and, you know, called out that shots were fired and, and whatnot. Um, throughout the video, I, I I don't know if their communications system sucks or if the dispatchers are part time. It was kind of strange listening to this guy trying to get in contact with someone else on the radio and not hearing much in the way of response from dispatch or from other units or nothing. So I, I'm not sure if the audio was just bad on the on the on the uh, body cam or what the situation was there, but he made several attempts and you never heard a response. But he's got good cover behind the car and then this the that decision making starts to come into play and the fight or flight starts to come into play and the psychology of, of those decisions making decision making moments. And you know that's when the the strangeness starts and he reaches down on the ground and looks like he grabs a handful of gravel or dirt or something and throws it toward the front of his vehicle. I saw and that. Then takes, and then takes a deep breath and makes a break. And I'm going, don't leave cover. Don't leave cover. Don't leave cover. If this guy is any kind of a shot, you're going to be running across the open and, and someone who's skilled with a rifle, they'll, they'll get you. Now he, he made it. It's, that was good, but, I didn't, I was kind of curious. That was one of those things where you'd like to talk to this officer and say, okay, just tell me why, what, what was your thought process? What were you feeling at that moment that made you take that act versus, you know, getting into the car, the vehicle and getting out your rifle. I hope you had one and, you know, starting to send rounds into the, into the windows or into the house or something to, to, to suppress this sniper off of you. Um, he runs across the front of the yard, out into the street. He's on the radio. Then he turns and goes back toward the house again. I don't know if he was going to return fire or thought about shooting at the house, but then turns again and runs back across the road, falls down in the middle of the road, rolls out of the road and into the ditch on the opposite side of the road and begins to crawl away at that point. And there were some bushes and trees and whatnot between him that were on the same side house and he was on the opposite side of the road from those so there was some buffers in between him and the house and he was down in a ditch crawling away which if he felt that was his best avenue of escape you know i i didn't have a you don't have a whole picture of this place so maybe it was um he continues to call for help i mean you couldn't hear anything coming back on the radio it was really distressing wanting this guy to get help another unit finally shows up and it, it was almost as if they, everybody was confused about what was going on. Like they didn't hear him yelling that this they was getting he was taking fire from the house or whatnot. It, it was kind of strange. Um, but he did get out. Uh, he got a, he got away from the scene, did not get injured or hurt. Although at the end there, it looks like when he crawled out of the ditch to get to the vehicle, he was he was brushing ants or some something. <laughs> he got into an ant pile or I don't know, poison. I don't know. Something in the ditch was was causing him some stress as he was pulling up his pants leg and brushing his ankles off and his arms and whatnot. Um, then he just wanted to stand behind the car. I was telling the guy, back up, back up, back up. And it looked like the guy in the car was kind of confused as to what was going on. It was just odd, the whole thing. But again, it was all on video, body cam stuff. So where I'm sure we're missing a lot of the details and don't have a lot of that stuff. The, the bad guy, as far as I can find on anywhere else, is still at large. 
So um, it's going to be interesting whether or not they find him dead somewhere or if he's actually taken off and disappeared um, and is still alive. Uh, a lot of these instances where family members are involved in murders, it turns into a murder-suicide down the road. They go off into the woods somewhere and off themselves, which you can only hope. But, uh, yeah, that, that's a seriously unfortunate and dangerous scenario happening in a very rural area where your, yeah. your backup was a long ways away. Yeah, it was wild. It was wild. Uh, Lieutenant Bob. See, that's why I point at David because he does such, such a good job in breaking these tactical things down. <laughs> I don't have to say much, but but a, a couple <laughs> quick points. No, he does a great job. But a, a couple things that you know jump out at me. This is almost like uh, combat as opposed to police work. This this is a military situation where you're advancing on a house and you're taking sniper fire. You know. One trained sniper with a high-powered rifle can keep a squad or even larger people down and pinned. This guy is completely outgunned. He's out there in the middle of nowhere. I, I, I think that's where guys like us coming from Tampa area, Minneapolis, we're fortunate. You get shots fired, you've got other squad cars there in seconds. These guys, I don't know if it was a complete communication breakdown or if they just had no personnel. Or sometimes you're out there, your backup is 20 minutes off going code three. So all those things we don't know, but he's clearly outmatched in this gunfight. I mean, he's got a handgun uh, versus a high-powered rifle from a position of power inside a house. Um, and what's going through my mind is, does he stay behind the vehicle? That you know, a high-powered rifle, if it's the right one, is going to rip through parts of that vehicle. And how dangerous are you? Is that why he chose to go get in the ditch? Did he did he know a better place of cover? because you're clearly outgunned in this gunfight. So it it's, would be interesting to have a bigger picture of what he saw from his position and what he thought afforded better cover. But yeah, the, the communication and getting back up there was just, a, it was painful to sit and see this guy pinned down and outgunned like that. And then you see the place ablaze and he's out of there. Where, where the heck did he go? But uh, a lot of unknowns in this thing and, and right down to where is the guy now? But uh yeah, it's a it's a, a hell of a position to be in if you're that one lone deputy arriving on that place in a in a small uh, rural setting like that. David, yeah, like I said, you would hope that they were properly equipped. You know, being in that situation where you may be out there alone, that's the place for definitely having a a, a patrol rifle. Oh my you know, god, AR platform yes. or something like that. I mean, that's yes. that's that's the obvious yeah. application. But again. Like Bob said, the guys, the guys, he, he's in a he's in a, a position of of uh, where he is he is at a deficit. I mean, he's 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 down low. He's behind his car. The guy could be could have been in an up upstairs window, shooting down at him. I mean, you're that's just all bad. Um, which I, I'm for. If you think you have good cover, hold it, stay there, keep your head down until the cavalry gets there. Um, but yeah, that was that was a tough situation either way. But I would have yeah that yeah. The, the patrol rifle thing came to mind with me. One, if you're in a rural area like that, you certainly should have one all the time. And uh, I went back through this with, with a, a know-nothing deputy chief of ours that we called the three-year wonder. She had a promotion to sergeant in three years, never a tactical officer, always hiding inside. Uh, we had a full-time SWAT unit. She wanted to keep have us keep our loaded SWAT weapons, in, or our unloaded, rather, SWAT weapons in the trunk. And I said, that is absolutely worthless. It, he may have had a... Uh, tactical uh, patrol rifle in there. But if it's in the trunk, it's doing you no good. Those things need to be accessible from both sides of the squad car right there in a locked position. They make the equipment now, but so many agencies are reluctant to have that for appearance or excessive, whatever it is. But if, if you have a patrol rifle 
unless it's locked and loaded next to you, it's about worthless. And my thought is, could he get it or was it in his trunk or did he not have one at all? Um, fortunately, we overcame that. Of course, he moved up and became the U.S. Marshal of Minnesota later on. But uh, oh, that's geez. another story. <laughs> that's another story. But to, to have an argument, if you're restricting the use of patrol rifles in your agency, you need to be removed or, or pull your head out. Yeah, we, we went through the same thing where the, where the, the idiot mayor, um, some of her crony friends decided that it was it was so intimidating to have these shotguns mounted in the front of the police cars. She made them t- take them all out and put them in the trunks, which made it real accessible. Same thing. He was in an SUV. So who knows where if he had with pro- if he had one where the patrol ri- rifle was and if he felt he could get to it under that kind of sniper fire. So it's that's, a, again, tough scenario. Bob, talk about the likes, Bose, the book your wife wrote in the movie. You've got about, uh, we got a few seconds. Go ahead. Uh, the book is They're Lying, The Media, The Left, and The Death of George Floyd. You can see it all at thelieexposed.com. Uh, my wife, Liz Collin, has a documentary coming out on all of this involving the George Floyd, the Minneapolis riots, the aftermath. Uh, coming out November 9th, it's called um, The Fall of Minneapolis. All right. Thank you, guys. Uh, hey. Our last commercial break, stick with us. We'll be right back. You know, no matter how much you know about guns and ammunition, there's that knowledge gap that leaves you confused and missing the complete picture. GunLearn.com, though, they've taken the confusion out of learning. They've actually made it easy. GunLearn.com is the first and is the only company that offers a step-by-step program that takes you from your present knowledge level to become a safe, accurate, and competent certified firearm specialist. Now, they provide citations from federal law and ATF rulings for every point taught to ensure accuracy in their training it's approved by major organizations, by law enforcement agencies, and also firearm manufacturers. Since 1996, they've taught everything that LEOs, that's law enforcement officers, need to know about firearms and ammunition to all facets of law enforcement. Now, you can start today with online training, or you can register to attend a live seminar. And you can actually get free training for yourself and the personnel at your agency by hosting a seminar at no cost. So come aboard as one of the most firearm knowledgeable people in the world by joining the folks at gunlearn.com. You'll be glad that you did. Gunlearn.com. All right, guys, welcome back to the Leo Roundtable Law Enforcement Talk Show, still live from the Boss Talk Radio Studios in Plant City, Florida. So, guys, it is time to move on to our next topic. So let's see what we have uh, waiting in the wind here. We've got at Rumble.com. This is a a different channel. It's police activity. A suspect shot by deputies after a crime spree ends with a car chase and gunfire. Um, See the uh, Newman guy, he's coming to the stop sign now. Oh, looks like he just TC'd. Uh, and off to the uh, west orchard here. Shot fired! Shot fired! Hey, he's I shooting. Got I got you. Something in his right hand. 
So, uh, Stanchless County, California. So, yeah, we're one of our one of our favorite places, California. On Friday, September the twenty second, twenty twenty three, at three forty five in the afternoon, deputies investigated a home burglary in Keys where a handgun was stolen, and the and the citizen in Modesto reported being carjacked at gunpoint by a male adult. Later, determined to be a forty three year old named Jason Dingler. Wild video, guys. He steals the guy's pickup truck six minutes after the carjacking this guy. An employee of a one-stop market in the city of Grayson reports a male with a gun um, stealing from the store. It looked like it was like, what, a six-pack or two of beer. The man, he gets in the pickup truck, throws the beer in the back, and takes off. It's almost like he's waiting to see if anyone's going to confront him. So the man was described as the same as the guy from the carjacking minutes earlier. He was also later identified as Dingler. So a California Highway Patrol officer locates a stolen truck traveling south. It's on Highway 33. So after multiple deputies arrive to assist with the stop, um, he fails to pull over. Uh, the bad guy does, Dingler. So leads them on a pursuit. And now we got Air 101. That's the sheriff's office helicopter overhead. And yeah, good luck getting away after they get involved. So Dingler continues fleeing from the deputies on Highway 33. Goes up to about 95 miles an hour during the pursuit. He swipes another car, it says, as he's passing it, causing the vehicle to leave the roadway. Crashes on the edge of an orchard. Then he gets out of the truck, flees on foot. And he's in the, still in the orchard, and he's shooting at deputies multiple times throughout this video. Now we got air service over over top, you know, um, you know, with a good bird's eye view of this guy. He even points at, at air service at, at least one time. So Air One One provides updates on the deputies uh, to the deputies on the ground as this guy's moving through the orchard, laying on the ground, and then he's shooting again at them and striking a patrol car. And so for the next several minutes, he can be. Um, seen with a gun in his hand, and now all of a sudden he starts moving closer to where the deputies are at. Remember, they can't see him, but they're just relying on air service to tell him where this bad guy's at. So at 6.26 p.m., Dingler, a bad guy, is approaching the deputies, at which time two deputies discharge of firearms. It looks like um, SWAT dude pulls up in a tank from an elevated position and fires one time and says that, you know, our bad guy's down. But anyhow, he survives the gunshot wound and ended up being in a stable condition in an intensive care unit. So I'm sure he's in a world of hurt right now. But that's the way this goes down. Um, they said that two cops actually shot the bad guy. Now, Corporal David's pointing at, at Lieutenant Bob. So, Bob, you're up. Well, I, I can't wait for this one. I wanted it. So uh, a few observations. One is this guy, what did he take out of the home invasion? And why did he feel the need to read them his resume that he was Army or whatever? I, I he Apparently, he got the truck. I don't know if he got anything more. Did he take he took the gun. Bullshit. 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 Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he, yeah, that that is. Mm -hmm, you're right. Um, I, I I agree with you there. I, he was not anybody that's got to tell you their military service probably wasn't in. Um, so he took the guns, he took the truck, he pulls up, or unless he and and 
we really know these emotionally disturbed person when he goes in the liquor store and all he takes is Miller High Life. The only thing worse on my pick <laughs> list is Bud Light, right? Oh. If I'm going to go in and risk the the robbery charge with, he doesn't pull. I was wondering if he's going to pull his gun out and point at the clerk to take that or just walk out. And he just walks out. But take some high end IPA or something like that. Don't take Miller High Life. So the two twelve packs he throws in and off he goes. But I think this just guy was maybe on a. He had such screws loose. He was on a suicide mission. And this is conversely to our prior story. This is what happens when you have back up readily available. I mean, they're out there with the armored vehicle. Uh, this is in no time. This is where they really had the real stuff deployed right now. And he's your bad guy's clearly outmatched. They've got air support telling you his every movement. Uh, this thing was done at, uh, excellent from it from A to Z by the tactical response. Yeah, Bob's right. The the uh, once you get air service overhead, the the um the option shift. I mean, you've, you've got now all sorts of buys on the, on the, on the target. Um, I, I would have, I'd, I'd like to see officers in air service armed, you know, put a rifle in there. Why not? Um, uh, there, there's been some, I know there's some training, um, schools that teach it, you know, shooting from a, from an air platform, um, that came from situations like this where they're shooting at, at the airship either way. Uh, they they got on scene. They got the situation taken care of pretty quickly. You know, you saw in the in the the beginning of the of the whole thing when he does the home invasion, takes the truck and whatnot. And he's I'm this and I'm that, and then he's holding the gun, you know, sideways. <laughs> yeah, no. So he takes off. I thought that they that they tried to uh, uh, spike strip him as he was coming along the roadway, and that's when he swerved and went into the orchard or whatever it was the that he crashed into and got out and took off on foot, but. Again, they had everything set up and waiting and deploying as this thing was unfolding. So, you know, that sort of response is, is what you hope for. And then they they uh, neutralized him pretty quickly once they once they had him isolated. They weren't going to let him out of the box. And when he gave them the opportunity, they 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 isolated him. So and or neutralized him. So, uh, again, you know, well done all the way around. Um, I'm glad they they pulled it off without too much of a show of saying, well, we've got to go in there with less lethal first, don't we? Yeah. So they didn't do that. So yeah. that, that's always good to see. So guys, we have another one at lawofficer.com. There's a video associated with this, but Bay Area store clerk set on fire with liquid fluid, with light, with well, liquid too, but it's lighter fluid as he confronts a serial shoplifter. Now, there's a bunch of stories we have here that we simply don't have time to get to, but basically it involves retail theft uh, organized retail theft and stores getting to the point where not only are they closing down and leaving uh, California establishments mostly, but also New York and stuff, but they're telling their employees not to um, confront these guys. So Contra Costa County, California, though, is where the story's at. There's a video, like I said, associated with this. Um, shocking security out of uh, Northern California shows a serial shoplifter lighting a store clerk's hair on fire with stolen lighter fluid after he tried to stop the suspect from stealing. So the Bay Area store clerk at uh, Appian Food and Liquor, um, it's in uh, Contra Costa County. It's uh, only identified as, a, I guess, a Siraj since he declined to reveal his last name out of fear of being targeted again. So in this footage, he's seen tussling with a suspect identified as 38-year-old Kendall Burton. He's our bad guy. On September the 22nd, Shiraj's head is doused in flight, uh, lighter fluid by Burton, the bad guy, at the business, which is about 20 miles southeast of uh, or southwest of downtown San Francisco. 
where I'll be in three weeks, according to the video obtained by KPIX. So in the footage, another store employee seen rushing to Siraj's rescue with a baseball bat, but seconds before flames consume the clerk's head after Burton ignites the fluid during the confrontation. And you can watch all this go down. Siraj uh, has been employed at the store for the past five years. He's warned by coworkers at the start of the uh, shift that Burton had already been in the business several times earlier in the day to steal lighter fluid. He said that they routinely deal with shoplifters, but nothing of this magnitude has ever occurred before. And Siraj is hospitalized in San Francisco's St. Francis Memorial Hospital. Since this attack, he suffered second and third degree burns to his face, neck, chest, and shoulder. And as a result of the burns, he will need several surgeries, according to the New York Post. And his wife, uh, Sabina launched a GoFundMe page to help raise money for the for her husband's physical and emotional care as he starts this long road to uh, recovery. Wow. Um, it's the start of many things that are be coming down the pike. So what do you guys think? We got a little over a minute left. David? Yeah, it's the outflow from San Francisco. It's not It's not surprising. Uh, they're not doing anything. And this this there's other stories about organized retail theft and stuff in the cities and whatnot, but this was not that. This was a, 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 a scumbag that that targets an area that the police uh, or law enforcement or the prosecutor's office or all the above have given up on. They just said they shrugged their shoulders and go, man, you're on your own. And that's what's happening in those places of California. And if you if and and the store owners are unable to protect themselves because they'll be the ones that get prosecuted for picking on the poor homeless person um, and, 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 and crushing down, pressing down diversity in your community. So yeah, enjoy enjoy California as it continues to spread and uh, infect everywhere everywhere else in your in your once wonderful state. No longer. Wow, now that hurts. Uh, Bob, any any uh, commentary on this? Did it bring back any memories? Any flashbacks? Well, you, you know it's funny because Target no no flashbacks, but uh, <laughs> but you know Target's uh, who's based in Minnesota. They're they're pulling stores in California. They they've pulled them, and pretty soon. They're going to have nowhere to, to do these flash mob shoplifts or the other type of this type of shoplift. And they're going to come into a store near you until they're ready to get tough on that crime and, and impose some punishment. Well, thanks, guys. Hey, a uh, great show. I always take this time to mention the Wounded Blue, the WoundedBlue.org. It's Lieutenant Randy Sutton's 501c3 charity helping cops out in a world of hurt, suffering from things like PTSD and other medical issues that maybe their agency's not helping them out with, or maybe they're not even offered a retirement disability, uh, you know, retirement out. So uh, the Wounded Blue, the WoundedBlue.org. Hey, uh, Bob, I know you were talking about watching that uh, that movie. Can you just say something about that? Just leave. Uh, you have about 10 or 15 seconds before I need to get back. So, Yeah, it's the fall of Minneapolis. All of this can be followed at theliexposed.com, but it's going to be a wonderful documentary. It's going to be streamed on Rumble, I'm sure, because it's not going to last on YouTube. Um, but I, I know all the players in this, and it's all the aftermath of what happened in the riots in, in Minneapolis. All right. Well, thank you. Hey, guys, motiondspaufire.com, Gauls. Uh, we have gunlearn.com on medicare.live, Bang Energy. Thanks for the fuel. Uh, tampafp.com, redvoicemedia.com. Thanks. We'll see you guys tomorrow.